listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Welcome to the Footy Shock Podcast. I'm listener Tony Squires and Ryan Girdler in for this Saturday. The grand final is set. We're just one sleep away. The Panthers looking for a historic three-peat, while the Broncos are aiming to win their first premiership in 17 years. So, who will win? Ryan Girdler will make his prediction right here on the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. Welcome to the Saturday Grand Final edition of Footy Talk on Listener. Tony Squires and Ryan Girdley with the Gertie. Hey, Tone. Tomorrow, the big day, the Grand Final. Massive day. Do you Are you wearing your premiership ring I then? I forgot it. Well, no. I, I flew down this morning mm. and, um, yeah, traditionally I bring it in, yeah. uh, get it out of the uh, safe once a year, and I forgot it this morning because I had to leave so early. But anyway, I spoke to my parents the other day and they said, make sure you wear your ring. And I said, yeah, I'll get it ready. And that was just, you know, to keep mum and dad happy on the phone. Yes, and then all of a sudden I get up this morning and it's the last thing that I think of. And here I am and I'm ringless. You are. The sound we yeah. could hear was him smacking his ringless hand on the table. Yeah. yeah. So that is that because it's the only day of the year you it's get It's the only day I get it out. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. Yeah, right. get it out of the garage and mm-hmm. take it for a bit of a spin. <laughs> but um, unfortunately it won't be happening this year, is it, is it a Maybe that's a sign. Maybe. Well, all right. That the... It's over for the Panthers. Maybe. Maybe. Does it get, when when you wear the ring, I don't know what what kind of design yours was. Mm. um, How many designs were there? Well, there's a different design every year. Is there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mine's gold. Gold? How many diamonds has it got in it? Has it got, I don't know if it's got diamonds. I think I got the pre, yeah, I think I got the pre, pre pre-diamond. But it's still, um, it's still bulky, yeah? It is. It's quite chunky. Does it, so it it, it attracts attention when you walk the streets? It'd knock out some teeth. (laughs) Kids, if that's obviously not yeah. the, the path you would go down. So let's just hope that Reese doesn't win because then who knows what he's going to do with his ring <laughs> on a finger. I'm just kidding, obviously, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I know. So you didn't bring your ring. No, it's interesting your, your, your packing then because you didn't bring a ring, but I, I noticed in your uh, luggage you've got a pillow, <laughs> a full-size pillow, yeah, two have, pillows. I have two, two pillows. Okay, talk me through. Well, I mean, you know, um, I, you know, a sore neck, there's nothing worse than me than being, you know, um, unaligned. Is that a word? Yeah. And, you know, if I sleep on a wrong pillow, one, I, I don't sleep well, and then two, I, I get up with the, the, the lounge neck, the kink in the neck. So I've got this special pillow that I've slept on for about, I'd say, 15 years, um, and I just don't travel, I don't leave home without it, Is literally. It all, <laughs> even for one night, I'll come down and my pillow is packed. Which means I always need to go in, you know. Yeah. I, I saw it. I need it to just, check luggage, which just is just next painful. To you, just next to your teddy, and then, teddy bear. Just to make sure that I'm, you know, fully aligned for the day, I get one of those little neck pillows, even if it's an hour flight, and I mm. sit in that as well on the way down here. Just neck support's crucial. Okay. Just can we hashtag that? Can we just uh, reverse for a second? Mm. Is there a possibility that the it's not about alignment, but it is about Ooh. security? Oh, that it is like a comfort well, pillow. Well, it is security because if I know that I don't have it, I, I kind of then convince myself that it's going to be an ordinary night's sleep and I'm going to wake up with a sore neck and I'm going to have a miserable next day. So if you call that security, yeah, I'd go with that. So you sleep on a single pillow? Just a, It's like a brick. Oh. It's like really thin and it's got this kink in the end of it and my neck sort of sits over the top of it and it takes all pressure off the lower part of my neck. Like a thin brick, you're really selling it. Well, I, I, I enjoy it. You know. <laughs> I I'm a little bit different, Tony, you know that. I know, I know, yeah, cut from yeah. a different cloth. Yeah. Did yeah. you get excited anyway, about, about I bought about the pillow, the... not the ring. No, uh, very disappointing. Not to be used at the same time, by the way. 
Do you have a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you still... Is it this time of year, do you actually think more about that grand final win? Because yeah. people are talking about it, but because the whole thing is, you know, everybody's focused on that day. Well, let's talk about um, the last couple of years and the success Penrith have had, Tony, because in 2001 when they won it, I think we called it from here, right? We didn't go out to the ground. From the studio in, in 20, we, we, I think... We, we might have gone out there and they lost for the Melbourne game. I yep. think that's true. And then last year it was my 50th birthday and they gave me the weekend off. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go to the game. I watched it from a bar up in, um, up in Brisbane. Just you and your pillow. So I haven't been to a live Panthers grand final win is what I'm getting to. Wow. So I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow just for that experience yeah. on its own because MG and I called that game in 21 when they broke the drought, and we were bloody downstairs in the studio because we couldn't oh, go because it was in Brisbane no, anyway, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? it was. So, it was um, yeah, so I haven't witnessed them have that sort of success uh, live, and hopefully I, I get to do that tomorrow oh, that will be for brilliant. the first time. All right, we're going to look, uh, look closer at the game in, in just a minute, but first up, some of the news of the week, and I guess the big story has been surrounding Brad Fittler uh, and his decision. Well, whose decision was it? That's something I guess we can dig a little bit at. Uh, he won't be coaching New South Wales and State of Origin next year. Just have a listen first so we can uh, chew on what he has to say when he's speaking to uh, uh, who we. I think Danny Wilder. Danny Wilder, thank yeah. you, was on Channel Nine. Let's have a listen. Yeah, I had the opportunity to coach the team without a doubt. Uh, then I coming down just to the time of the contract, the length of the contract. You were virtually offered a part-time position. Well, I went to a five-month job, so I uh, just didn't think coaching a team. Being told you had the job now and then being signed on a march, I just found that it didn't sit well. So you know that's the way they're going to go forward. Obviously, they have reason for that. And I respect that. Club coaches, could they possibly coach New South Wales? No, I think anyone could come in and coach a team for a week, but I think to do a due diligence and give it the respect it deserves, at the moment I'd say no. There he is, Brad Fittler with Danny Wilder. That is an interesting idea. And we, again, we haven't kind of got all sides to this argument yet. This is what uh, Brad Fittler has said. But the notion, yeah. in fact, of after having lost Origin and how crucial it is uh, and to get back on that winning track. And he's, what, nine nine wins, nine losses. Yep. The idea of actually making it less of a full-time job since it's slightly weird. Yeah, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And it's just going to wonder how um, solid they're going to be on that in relation to negotiating with potentially another incoming coach or whether yeah. or not that was the situation with Freddie, uh, whether they're going to be open to change. Because it, it seems to me, Tony, if you're going to take a role like that um, and you're coming as a coach and a mentor, it needs to be unconditional. They need to be your terms. Otherwise, you know, where, who, where does this responsibility lie? Yeah. Like at the moment, you know, you can say with Freddie over the last couple of years, you know, he was happy with the financial arrangement. The timing of it all worked for him and he had the staff around him. He put the people around him that he chose. Yep. But if the board from the New South Wales Rugby League are now going to come in and say, well, we're going to have a coach where you're only going to be able to work for this long on the project and we're going to choose who comes in around you, I don't think there's going to be too many takers. Yeah. And obviously they've slashed the way uh, the salary as well. So, you know, I don't see too many people putting their hands up at the moment. Could it be possible that that whole process and that decision uh, is about opening it up to current coaches. And maybe that's what the New South Wales Rugby League is trying to say, that we don't now, now uh, it doesn't have to be somebody who is doing the job full-time. If Ricky Stewart, you know, Craig Bellamy, these kind of guys, Trent Robinson, I don't know who. If one of those people says, yeah, you know what, I can fit that around my coaching requirements, let's do it. Well, how, how, how much success do they, how important is success at that level? 
because you just got to, you know, you just got to give the role to someone that you believe can get the job done um, without all those conditions. Yeah. And like how fair is it for the Raiders or for the Roosters or for the Panthers to get those guys and pull them out of almost a third of the season? Yep. I mean, we don't really understand how big that job is, but Freddie does. And as he said, you know, you can get someone in there to pitch hit, um, but how successful do you want to be? I, I, I believe we've moved past that now. If you want to, you know, that role, it's a full-time job. And I'm really surprised to hear that they just want to bring someone in for five months because what happens to pathways and what happens to that big facility that they just built out in Western Sydney yeah. and they spent all that money on, I mean, surely there's got to be someone in there sitting in the office, you know, starting to, you know, build early on um, what that origin looks like, what that campaign looks like every year. Otherwise, because I know Billy's doing it and yep. I know the Queenslanders are doing it. They just signed him for three years. They didn't sign him for 15 months. Yeah. So hopefully it just doesn't put us behind the eight ball. They get the right person moving uh, forward and those per th that person can come in um, on unconditional terms and get the job done because is it a financial thing? It sounds like they've offered Freddie, um, you know, a, a salary less than what he was on. Yeah. Um, obviously hoping that he would accept that given what, his lack of success or what they value the job to be. Uh, it's uh, very uh, strange. It is very strange. Overall, and just let's, let's leave it there. I, I, I think that even though, what is it, as I said, nine games, nine wins, nine losses, three series wins, three series losses. Yep. I still rate him above just a pass mark. I think that oh, yeah, he, so he's do done I. a great job. And so part of that more. is that culture. Part of it is everything yep. that he's done surrounding it that is more than just game day. Crucial. Yep. When he, especially when he came back in. He came back in at the right time. He got everyone together. And it's a tough job given the fact, and I speak about it every series tone, we have a very deep talent pool. There's a lot of guys to choose from with New South Wales. It's not a better talent pool than Queensland. It's just deeper. Yeah. And so managing those relationships, getting those selections right, having guys that, you know, the whole pick and stick thing that Queensland have is generally on the on the back of them not really having a deep talent pool and you just know who's going to fit into those spots. This year was difficult for them. Yeah. They got it right. Billy did a great job in leaving some guys out that we all thought would have been selected to usher some of that new... Um, that young, fresh sort of blood in. Yeah. Um, and they did the job for them this year. But next year is probably going to be even tougher now as that sort of talent pool for Queensland grows and relationships then need to be managed and there's people missing out that probably should play. Yeah. Um, so New South Wales, I always felt, um, was a bit of a tougher gig and then it's selling the story. Yeah. And he did that well, Freddie. Quickly on Dally M, we surprised to see uh, Caelan Ponga once again loom up in the back line and... <laughs> And take yeah. that ball and run well, with it at the back end? I mean, not really. Mm. I'm a judge, Tony, and, um, you know, they changed the format, obviously, this yep. year. They put two of us on. You didn't know who else was going to be a judge on that weekend, but, um, you know, you can't argue with the, the last 10 or so rounds. And if you think there's six points around up for grabs, yep. well, there's 60 points there. He was the best player by far mm. on the field for those last 10 games. Um, he had some nice moments early on in the season. Um, going into it, did I think... He was going to win it. No, I, I thought Sean Johnson had done enough. Um, but the Warriors did sort of, uh, you know, there was a lot of other players in that Warriors side that had outstanding seasons. And the Knights were solid. But, you know, you look at Wade Egan, everyone was talking about you know, him getting uh, potentially Dallium Hooker. That didn't happen. But Adam Fenor Blake, I think, got one of the, the front rowers. Um, Chans had an outstanding season. Dallin had an outstanding So I'm sure... You know, when there was some tight games and Sean wasn't um, at his, you know, absolute best, um, those guys were stealing some points from him. Whereas yeah. with Kalen, it was just him. It was the Kalen Ponga show.
Yeah, indeed it was. And great to watch uh, throughout the season. Congratulations also to Tamika Upton from the Knights yeah. as well, who got the wow. uh, the job done in the women's yep. Dally M. Uh, all right, so much still to get to. You're listening to the Footy Talk podcast uh, on Listener. When we come back, we'll preview that massive grand final. You're listening to the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. Tony Squires and Ryan Girdler with you just moments away from the grand final of 2023. Uh, the Penrith Panthers going for the three-peat. Of course, it is the Brisbane Broncos mm. who are trying to stop that happening. Wow. It's, it shapes as it could be a classic good to grand be. final, don't you reckon? It just has to be. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those grand finals that, you know, if both sides go in and play their best, you just don't know who's going to win. Yeah. And it's hard to have said that over the last couple of years with Penrith sort of being the standout and being dominant in the back end of the season and then going in with no injuries and it all just aligning for them. Um, this is one that it's just impossible to pick. Which is a nice thing, isn't it? Although, does the temperature, right, it's going to be 35 or whatever it's going to be, yeah. uh, cool a little bit down, obviously, as the sun goes yeah. down. But does that, in fact... Potential for opening the game up even more, or do you think the system of the Panthers will still be able to kind of shut that down? Yeah, no, I don't think so, Tony. I think these both of these clubs are just un, they're, they're not really affected by some of those things that are off to the side. Yep, um, they're just really good at what they do, and the conditions they've both got to play in them. I don't think it'll change their game plan at all, um, because they're both um, probably the hardest working teams in the NRL, and yep. and and I think that's what separated them pretty much the whole season through was the fact that um, their work ethic and their and their ability to do things that other sides didn't want to do for long periods of time got them both here. The Broncos that, that forward pack, a young but led by Payne Haas, who has just been brilliant and is probably the, the, the top yep. in, the, in the business. But yep. even, you know, Thomas Flegler has been yep. played. Pat Carrigan is brilliant. The, that matchup with a sensational Penrith pack, great fun. I've been to probably um, called a few Broncos games this year uh, at the, at Suncorp, Tone, and I was up there last week for the Warriors game. Um, and I don't think anyone can stop the Broncos uh, when they're in that sort of mood and if they can do that for long periods of time. I don't think Penrith can defensively stop them. I haven't seen a team uh, as athletic and as mobile and as creative as that in a long time. Yep. Um, and, and so um, if they bring that sort of attitude and, look, there was a lot of offloads last week and you spoke about that, um, those offloads generally come on the back of guys w- just running over the top of people and then turning the pass. That's the way they offload and that's the mentality they need to bring into tomorrow's game. Um, and if they do that and they can create that sort of momentum through the middle of the field, it's definitely not going to be anywhere near as easy playing Penrith because Penrith, uh, their focus on their line speed and their willingness just to compete on every play is much different than every other team in the competition, and, and that's what the resistance the Broncos will need to overcome. Um, but And that's what makes it so intriguing, Tone. I reckon if the Broncos play at their best, um, they can get the job done, and it's just all about Penrith just making their, the Broncos afternoon really uncomfortable and being willing to win sort of late in yep. the contest, which is how they play anyway, even though generally – Scores blow out for Penrith and they end up, you know, with 20-point leads at some point in the game. You have a think about the early moments, the early exchanges. All that is just earned through what they do early on where they just, they're in the, they, they don't blow teams away early because they're just setting it up 
for the score to blow out at the back end of the contest. And that, that you know, Styles win fights and we've got, you know, a couple of real heavyweights going into this battle tone that have totally different styles. Yep. Um, and we're just going to see which one stands up on the big day. That's uh, so good. Yeah. And father and son coaches going at yeah. it as well, which yeah. is absolutely wonderful. We haven't even mentioned Reese Walsh. I mean, it... it there have been moments throughout the season where we thought, oh, you know, he's a great kid, but uh, this occasion is going to get him, yeah. like origin or whatever it may have been. Each time he's still found room, he's still found confidence and still been sublime. Well, I mean, that but, moment he had last week, you know, throwing that intercept. Yep. Um, and then, you know, you could just see last week that the Warriors couldn't contain him when they held the football. And those first couple of tries, you know, gave you a little bit of hope. But when you were actually up there at the stadium, you could just tell that, uh, they were in total control the whole time, the Broncos. Uh, and then, you know, Reese comes across, does that. And then it was interesting. It's like, okay, well, your team's not un- – I'd never felt the Broncos were under much pressure last week. So yeah. it was easy for him to shake that off because as soon as they got down there again, you could just tell they were going to open the Warriors up. Well, that's going to be different tomorrow. And that's Reese Walsh, if he, he comes up with an error and they put pressure on him and they'll be, uh, be trying to sort of bring him into the game in a way – um, where they're going to try and frustrate him. They're going to try and get under his skin because he's got that element to him. Um, there's going to be a lot of a different sort of pressure on him tomorrow and it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. He's handled everything so far. Exactly right. And there's no reason to think that he'll fold tomorrow, but he will be tested in different ways tomorrow. And he can still throw that amazing two-metre forward pass that no official can see or recognise. Yeah. Which is a great skill. Just let it... You, you see, sometimes you're just having a season yeah. where everything's going your way, yeah. including that sort of yeah, stuff. That's and awesome. that's just where he's at at the moment. <laughs> I love it. All right, while you just think for one second, I'm going to give you... I want your grand final prediction. Uh, no, I'm mm. So... Broken down, you do a winner. I think I need a margin. I need a Clive Churchill medalist. And while we're doing that, I should just say that the Gold Coast Titans and the Newcastle Knights in the uh, NRLW grand final is sensational. The Knights getting to, uh, you know, defend their premiership. And Gold Coast, mm. of course, were wooden spooners last year. Incredible. They go through. Karen Murphy was a, a great of the NRLW, played, I think, 27 tests for the, for the Gillaroos yep. World Cup winner. She's become the first female coach to take a, a team to the grand final, which is just great for the women's game to have that happening. Absolutely. Uh, and they've got Desi Hasler, who is really invested in it as well up there uh, for, and around the, the place next year. Yeah. Uh, 13,000 people turned up at um, in Newcastle last week for our standalone, that game. That's unbelievable. Isn't it good? Yeah, it's it, epic. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see the Knights get up and do it. All right, what have you got for me? Who uh, Who wins? Well, I'm going to take my Panthers hat off here, Tone, and yep. because, you know, my heart says one thing, but, you know, I've been thinking about it all week and I've, I've got to go with my gut. And I think Bron- the Broncos get it done. Okay, wow. I think they'll win by maybe eight points. Okay. And I think Paddy Carrigan is just, when he's when he's on, he's on. Um, f- so physical defensively, so creative with the football, such a great leader. Um, I think he's going to have a few moments tomorrow and I think he might be the best on ground. Love it, Ryan Girdler. Mm. Enjoy yourself. Uh, Disappointed you haven't got your premiership ring with you, but still you've got your pillow. That's all for the Saturday edition of the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. James Graham and Ben Dobbin will be in the hot seat tomorrow.